It's basically a Revolutionary War campfire song, is what you're, what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 141, the Unquad Unium episode. Very happy to have True Ver on the podcast this week. Truver has an EP out called Saint Luna, and he has slowly been releasing his full-length album Conventional Comforts through a series of kind of gradually releasing uh, singles. You can find him on the streaming sites, but especially you can find him at truver.bandcamp.com. That's T-R-O-U-V-R-E.bandcamp.com. I know everybody's favorite Part of the podcast is me spelling out band and musician names, so that's why I always throw a little bit of it in. And now here is True Ver.
Yeah, nothing to say. So that was the first tune I released with Pete. In in my mind, or you know, I just that my phone when I was listening to him today when I was driving around, uh, you know, it just puts them in alphabetical order. So uh, I know this isn't the order that you have them on the album, probably. But uh, nothing to say. It was like it came in at the right time where it's kind of upbeat and um, you know, a little bit I of don't departure. Have, I don't have a uh, an album order yet. Yeah, I'll just. Yeah. Ha- I'll hire you to just go do with. That. I mean, alphabetical seems to work pretty pretty good. Nobody, does anybody ever do that? Why not? Just alphabetical. You oh my god, that's why do we have to think so hard? Yeah, like just yeah. alphabetical. Yeah, you're my manager. You're okay. Hired. All right, yeah. it's easy to do. <laughs> yeah, nothing to say. Is that was the first um, tune I recorded with Pete? The most of the guitars, bass, and. Um, and drums were recorded at Sedgwick. So, so my buddy Riley, he lives out in Wilmington. He came up on a Friday. I had sent him demos of just basically guitar and, and the lyrics that I had written. Came up on a Friday. Originally, the tune was, I was kind of just like doing diamonds or like, do you know what diamonds are in music? It's uh, like. Wait, wait a second. Start over. You cut out right when you said, you said, do you know what diamonds are in music? Yeah. I said no. And then yeah. it went blank. So start, start from there. No, I don't know what diamonds are in music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the song started out, you know, as kind of like me just playing diamonds. Like in pop music, guitarists would say diamonds, which, you know, kind of like means playing on the downbeat. You're just playing like a whole note, Oh, okay. you know, or yeah, or tied whole note, whole note, you know, if you want to get real nerdy, depending on the song. But <laughs> um, essentially, like there was no rhythms really to it. Oh, okay. It was just me like playing out this washed out reverb, like, you know, um, chord sequence and I was singing, singing the lyrics that way. And so Riley, my friend, he comes up on a Friday, we record on Saturday and he brings like a little stripped down kit in my back room here. And we're just like playing, practicing to a kit and stuff. And he was just working out a groove and all of a sudden, like he comes up with a groove that you hear on the, on the, uh, on the, on the tune. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not digging this like washed out thing anymore. So then I start kind of like doing like more of a palm muted Mm -hmm. kind of, um, kind of rhythm. And eventually the the tune evolved into what it was now, you know, but I remember there was this moment, this was the first tune we did with Pete and he's down in the control room in Sedgwick studios. Uh, Um, have you heard of Sedgwick studios at all? It sounds familiar, but I can't quite place it. I mean, it's, it's a bit away from Asheville in the woods, but it's like this big, like house mansion or whatever uh man the setup's insane in the basements the control room Mm -hmm. has like the guitar lock and gear locker has a kitchen down there and then you can go like all the way up to like a third story um and there's like a deck outside but you go up to the third story and that's where you record like it's a great place to record drums oh cool um because the third story is like split in half to where there's three levels in one side and then there's just a really tall ceiling in the other, hmm. other side of the room, the, the house. And that huge ceiling makes a great drum room. Yeah. So you, at the bottom, you know, you can put some condensers down there and get a, an amazing drum sound. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're at, we're at Sedgwick and <clears throat> me and Riley are like, you know, I'm playing a strat, which is pretty thin sounding. 
um, you know, guitar and Riley's thumping away on the tubs, um, on the drums. And uh, Pete's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, he played a couple of sequences through. We didn't hear anything. He's like, I think I found a bass part. I think I'll like lay it in this time. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I just remember when he started playing, you know, it's like Riley's got like this, like almost like Al Green kind of vibe going. And Pete, the way he's filled out that tune mm-hmm. on that bass line was just like, that's a memory. The first time that's like what you live for as a musician, uh-huh. you know, like when you're playing and like all of a sudden somebody just comes, comes in with a, you know, solid part. That was, that was a great memory. Cool. Um, and that's when I was like, yeah, I think we're in good hands, you know, yeah, yeah. That, you know, that's my first, you know, I had heard about Pete I heard, you know, the great tunes. He, um, he recorded, uh, he recorded, you know, a record with Brie Capone, mm-hmm. um, and sounds great. Oh yeah. She's you know, been like, on okay. the podcast. Yeah. 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 Brie, yeah. yeah. Amazing songwriter. Um, I'm I obviously, you know, I'm a male and I'm more indie than her. So I'm, I was trying to see how that translated. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the minute he laid that down, I was like, yes, <laughs> like we're good. Yeah. Um, so that's a great memory. So we're at Sedgwick laying that down. Nothing to say. Um, we end up tracking the rest of it at Pete's house and he lives like, you know, the farmer's market off of Brevard. It's not in Brevard. What's the road in Brevard? Brevard in road. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. right off of 40. Yeah. Pete yeah. was like staying in the house back there and we, we tracked basically everything else, you know, the keys since and stuff there. Um, I would just hop on 40, mm-hmm. get off and, oh, yeah. and, you know, yeah, it was, it was a blast, man. So, that's where we knocked out the whole tune. The whole perp, the whole like concept behind the song was I was feeling the pressure to write a song. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, it's been a bit like it's been a dry spell. And as a songwriter, I think a lot of songwriters might relate and agree. It, that's like not a great place to be in. <laughs> you know, like the magic's gone. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, I don't have anything significant, significant to say in my life right now. So why don't I just think about that? You know, life at that time was relatively monotonous and it's just kind of going through the motions. So that's kind of where the song, that's the premise behind the song. You know, it kind oh. of takes you through a day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you spent the night like staying up too late, procrastinating, going to sleep because you don't want to think about going, you know, to do your thing tomorrow and you might have a couple of beverages, you know, you wake up a little foggy minded. Uh, and I live, I live like on a, this little hay farm and uh, there's this mockingbird like uh-huh. out outside outside um, that lives in this little holly tree that we have outside our front door and we have power lines that go through our property. So like when it comes morning time, he just hops on that power line and just sings for like 30 minutes straight. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's beautiful if you don't have a headache and right, it's, right. You know, way earlier than you, when you want to be up, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. Um, that kind of like kicks off the song, you know, it's, I guess I was a little violent, but it's mm-hmm. art and it's, you know, <laughs> it's hyperbole. So.
St. Luna, I wrote back um, around the college time, live when I was in college. I mean, um, and I, I struggled with insomnia then, as I as I do now. Um, so that's like you know, Luna is is moon, 
mm-hmm. in uh, Spanish. And um, I don't know, it's just kind of like anyone who's like, suffered with severe insomnia and it's, you know, going on four o'clock and you, you weren't intending on trying to stay up that late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're grasping on straws, <laughs> like figure out what's, you know, what's going to help put you down just for a couple hours, you know? Um, and so I just had this concept of like praying to the moon, honestly, or, you mm-hmm. know, um, so that's kind of where the whole metaphor comes out of, but it, it's, it's kind of, structured as a not a duet but a uh we we call it we put people to sleep oh lullaby 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 Lullaby. yeah lullaby Lullaby. yeah it's i guess it's sort of a playoff of a lullaby it's a duet it's it's about insomnia essentially Mm -hmm. um and the different ways people deal and 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 cope with it but there's two sections to it you Mm -hmm. know there's the first part which is slower and then the last part has much more energy and, and it modulates um, to to G major. Um, and that's supposed to be like the anger and energy in it. Yeah. Um, I guess you you maybe as you listen to more of my music, you, you hear a pattern of like almost like bipolar mm-hmm. contrasts. Um, and I really appreciate that in music where people can um, help uh, highlight or... Um, like they can lean on drastic contrasts yeah. for the emotional effect. St. Luna, that's the first, it's the first song I think we really recorded. So I learned a lot during that process, mostly like what not to do. Right. So that's actually my wife, Santera, um, singing. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. That. We, that's actually how we, you know, we met, uh, songwriting together. I wrote the first verse. She wrote the second verse. Um, I thought you were going to say you met recording this song. No, 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 no. We, we met, um, through like a love of indie music and Mm -hmm. songwriting. We played in a band together. Um, she was dating someone else at the time and me too. And then those ended, we started dating and then, you know, one thing after another. So, yeah. So that's, that's my wife, um, singing in St. Luna and in a lot of other tunes that I've released and will release. She's probably like the true musician oh, yeah? <laughs> out of the two of us. Uh, her voice is, is amazing. Does she play um, a lot of music herself? I'd say less and less, mm-hmm. really. Kind of with the rebirth of Truvera, as I was like speaking about prior, it's she's kind of taking a step away. Mm-hmm. If we're talking on the subject of my wife, she's a really talented florist. And she does wedding design here in Western North Carolina and, and Boone and, and Asheville. Um, and so weddings are on weekends. And so her you know, so oh, she's yeah. not as available. Yeah. But my wife's really cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of Life? her florist business? Uh, it's Santara flowers. Santara flowers. Throw that out. S-A-N-T-A-R-A is her name. Okay. Santara flowers. So like, if you want like life hack, just write like mediocre songs uh-huh. about a girl uh-huh. and then marry them. Uh-huh. And then you'll, and then life is perfect. There's <laughs> no right. problems ever oh, wow. again. Yeah. No, yes, I, I I love my wife dearly. So, um, you know, it's like my first tune. It was the first tune I really recorded, and I learned a lot about like what not to do. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was a great experience. Uh, and you had you had talked about like suggestions or like recommendations you would give other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that kind of like leans on it. 
um, one, one thing I've learned and I'm still practicing my, like, you know, learning how to improve myself. But I think there's this like concept of like, wait until later, like wait until I get better. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, unless you know, like specifically what you can get better at, Mm. you know, it's like, Oh, well, I, you know, I can't do this specific technique or skill quite right now, or I can't, I'm not nailing this run. I need to practice that. Right. Like you just need to record it and move on. Yeah. You know, like realistically you can't be better than who you are. And realistically, most people accept you for who you are and people relate with the, um, mistakes and the, you know, inabilities it's, it's human, it's human, you know? And also that's how you, I mean, that's just one more thing to practice. You just, you, you practice recording, you practice how you play as you record because that's different than playing live. It's like, um, like I always tell a lot of people that one of the best things you can do to learn how to play music is to play with other people and like really play in a band where there's expectations because it's very different and that's when you get better to, you know, that like you can practice at home, but you're very forgiving and selective uh, at home versus if you're in a band and someone's saying, you know, you need to, you know, we're playing this at one you're lagging at one you know, you need to, you need to come along with us, not just decide you're going to play it at one twenty, which you would do at home if you're practicing a lot of times on your own. And the same thing with the recording, you got to, you got to match up things. You got to figure out what sounds good together, not just good on that take and that sort of thing. So you have to, you have to practice every part of uh, music when you do that recording. Exactly. Yeah. Um, definitely playing with, no, I mean, keep it in there, dude. You're speaking <laughs> words of wisdom. Oh yeah. I'll tell I'm that you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, man. I start calling you mother Mary. All right. Speaking words of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, um, no, you're so right. You know, playing with other people and playing with as many people as you can um, and taking as many opportunities as you can, you know, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just honestly being confident with who you are in that moment. I, I, I would like to think that most people know their insecurities and it's just like balancing them and ignoring them in a moment of opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've been, I studied classical guitar, you know, I've been playing music now for eight years, which isn't, you know, incredibly, no, I actually 10 years, it, which isn't incredibly long. I'm not, that's not my point, but I can only speak really from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still see all the things I can't do now. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that probably will always be a thing. So. Yeah. Is that, is that horse dead yet? (laughs) More from true bear in just a few moments. Want to remind you that you can find his music, uh, online, just search true bear or go to truebear.bandcamp.com. Also, there will be links in the show notes. Make sure to check out those for other places to find him, both his music and his uh, social media. Uh, he does some really cool videos to video clips that are, very interesting and entertaining and fit very well with his music. Hey guys, this is Kendra. And this is Zach. From the Brown, Brown Mountain, Mountain Lightning, Lightning Bugs. Bugs. And this is Waves from our new album, Folk-ish, which you can find 
online. You can stream it, you can download it, or you can buy physical copies from our website. Which is brownmountainlightningbugs.com. We also have some really cool t-shirts and some stickers, so head on over there. You can also find us on all of the social medias, and we'd love for you to come join us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WNC Original Music or go to wncoriginalmusic.com for links there. Also, get your smart speaker to play WNC Original Music just by asking it politely. And just last resort, if all else fails, you can just Google WNC Original Music and something will come up that will direct you to the podcast. Corrections and clarifications from last week's episode with Matt Walsh. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama was a song by Leonard Skinner from the 70s, and Sweet Home Alabama was a romantic comedy from, uh, I think, the 90s or early 2000s. So we were both right. Hey there, this is Cosette Gobey, and you're listening to WNC Original Music. So I have three new songs in quarantine I wrote. I end up fly-tracking them to, as I'm speaking about, I guess, a musical family that I have these connections uh, and it ends up looking like my friend Jack in Brooklyn is, is laying down um, lap steel and lead electric. Then uh, another friend of mine, Chris Geller, he's out in LA is laying down drums. Pete's laying down bass parts. Uh, if I'm not playing the bass on the tune and he's mixing it out in LA and then my friend Carson Cody, uh, he's in Nashville. He's laying down like all the keys and synths and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. So yeah. during quarantine, um, you know, I'm sitting sitting here like, you know, what can I do with these songs? And I was, mm. just went for a leap of faith, um, not knowing what they were going to play. Right. Yeah. I gave them a couple of reference tracks. Like this is what I'm thinking. Um, so excited to hear what they played and everything they did. Absolutely blew my mind um so yeah that was and do those guys all know each other as well um most of them know it they all know mm. each other now yeah. oh yeah, yeah um yeah. yeah but some of them did know each other prior yeah yeah this is not like um, the members of the band are all of a sudden in different parts of the country they're, they're kind of getting to know each other through doing this as well oh uh, so i should i probably should better explain explain this then um so the members, the original members of the band are all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had moved down here, part of the reason why I was also kind of like giving up is like I had moved away from everyone else. And then eventually everyone was moving away from their college town to like pursue yeah. their job. What's what's happened now, true ver to me, doesn't mean like a set group of, you know, like three musicians, like a, you know, it doesn't mean a rhythm section and a lead player. And mm-hmm. um, it's almost like a, it sounds really corny, like not like a family or like, you yeah. know, a wolf pack. Right, no, right. but it's, you know, it's like I have played with so many amazing musicians, mm-hmm. you know, um, more specifically like in the Southeast that, you know, like once you play with me, like you're, you're a part of true bear, like it may not be convenient. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, when I play live, I play with the, the true bear that's here in Western North Carolina. But if there's a certain sound I'm going for and I know somebody has, you know, Mm-hmm. who I've played with prior is capable of doing that. Then I invite him in on that tune. I guess true is really more, it's more me with, with the family. What does true it, mean? Does that have a, is that a word that means? Oh yeah. Yeah. So true um, 
is so the Truvera is uh do you know what a troubadour is? A troubadour? Yeah. 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 So a troubadour is like a singing. singing. Yeah. Exactly. Traveling yeah. singer. Yeah. So they were from troubadours were from France during the Renaissance, yeah. but they were of southern France. Um and so Truver is actually of northern France. Oh. Okay. Um and they would have like a northern accent. They typically would sing about the same things. Um, but they would sing with a different dialect. Uh-huh. They have a, they had a northern dialect, I guess, not really an accent. But I am from upstate New York originally, mm-hmm. um, and I have a northern accent. Of, I'm I'm a mutt, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. It just made sense to me. That's that's what true means. See 
that song is inspired by both Dawes and Bahamas. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. a little little child. Um, it's got kind of like a Motown kind of. It's not really Motown, but it's got kind of like an R and B kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually like speaking about like relatively serious existential things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, that was intentional, you know, um, I, I, like I said, with, you know, with the conventional comforts or as I said earlier or later, I don't know, but as I've, how do I phrase that then? So I will say what, when I come, when it comes to songwriting, I like to pose questions in, like investigate, you know, internal intentions and history and um, just life in general, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't also realize like it's when people listen to music, it's like a Friday night or it's like a car ride, yeah. like on the way home from work. Um, and it can't all be like serious and another, you know, arduous experience. So um I think satellite kind of like strikes it's like, it's lighthearted. It's, it's picking at, you know, for me, tough questions, mm-hmm. you know, I, that I constantly juggle. Um, it, it focuses on like dissatisfaction, not being where I want to be, but it's, um, it's got like a little bounce to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fun. It's uppity. Um, so that's kind of my angle with the songwriting. I don't want to be too serious, you know, and make people work too hard. You know, I, I want you to question a little bit, but sometimes yeah. I just want to check check out and, and, and move, you know, so. You want to um, have a certain level of accessibility to your music. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also there's a lot of psychedelia in that too, mm-hmm. um, as well as a lot of my other songs. And for me, that's, you know, when I, when I hear that sort of music, it allows me just to kind of like escape, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of end up in a trance. It's, it's a nice mental break from having yeah. to keeping up with having to keep up with the monotony of the day to day. And and that's, I think that's just naturally why I gravitate towards that, you know, from Hendrix to any, you know, really, really know where I'm going with that, but, Hendrix is a huge um, influence on me. That's what I was thinking um, of when I heard this. I don't like to throw that out too much. Like, you know, here's this sounded like that person. And that, but uh, that is kind of, I thought of Hendrix and um, do you know who Robert Cray is? I don't know who that is. He's uh, a blues wait, wait, musician. What's his name? Uh, Robert Cray. C-R-A-Y. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm, man, I'm young and like uh-huh. spent half my life studying Segovia. <laughs> so, um, I'm not always up to date on, on the hip. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he's but, not really hip. He's like a, he's a blues guy. He was, he had a couple, you know, he's probably still playing, but, um, he was kind of around in the eighties. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll check him out. Yeah. There, there's also this other artist. So Hendrix, uh, have you heard of Liz Cooper and the, the stampede? Hmm. Yeah. So she, it's a cool band. Um, they mostly play as a power trio, but they got the tremolo going. They got the psychedelia, the ambience, you know. Uh-huh. Um, it's just fun. 
find it fun. And I, and I love trying to introduce that whenever I can. Um, I did that in nothing to say. Conventional comforts is very much that way. I would say even you could even argue that with like St. Luna, you know, at the end of it. Um, yeah. I just love a big blur sound. <laughs> I almost, you know, honestly, it almost reminds me of like, um, you know, like Debussy and, and Ravel mm-hmm. and how they were, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm blanking They're They were called, um, what, what time period is that? That's, uh, Baroque. Second. No. Uh, um, that's the only thing I think of impressionism. Okay. So, so Davis C and Ravel are impressionistic, you know, um, they fall under impressionism mm-hmm. as a musical style. And that kind of just lingers on, it isn't really the, the, the vibe of the music, if you will, going in layman's terms, it, it doesn't really go anywhere mm-hmm. and kind of just evokes emotion. It kind of just, you know, stays. Um, Ravel, is he, is uh Bolero his most famous one? Is that? Yeah, Ravel? that's pretty famous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's famous for like having the exact same tempo, almost no dynamic changes. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. So impressionism is, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's not very similar to like a lot of my music because I do like yeah. the drastic to it but yeah. harmonically speaking at least conventional comforts i would say works with that um where you know it's the same harmonic structure it's just kind of like hanging there not really going in any particular direction yeah um yeah well not I, th- I think actually i think bolero does have not it has it it builds by adding Kind of like what you're talking about. I think it, I might be wrong. I might be thinking of a different piece, but I think it builds by adding instrument. It has the same underlay, like this, like one instrument comes in and plays the same thing through the whole piece, but then another instrument comes in and plays something else, and then another instrument comes in and plays something else. So it kind of builds like you're talking about. Yeah, but it's not arranging. Through, yeah, yeah, not through anyone changing what they're doing. He just brings in another section of the orchestra here and there, and it yeah. kind of builds. Yeah, kind of like a and, the, you know. Who's the uh, producer? Um, he kills killed somebody. Uh, Phil Spector. I would do like a oh, wall okay. of sound thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wall of sound. Yeah. Yeah. P- producer you know, slash murderer. <laughs> Which one's more interesting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like you know, Davisy with uh, Claire de Lune. Um, same thing. You know, it's like same idea. I kind of just over and over hangs out. But I I wonder. I don't, I gravitate towards that style of classical music. You know, I going to school and studying that and being a music educator, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, styles I've had to like study and I love um, impressionism. And I, I think there's a lot of accessibility to it, you know, cause as like you said um, with Ravel, I mean, he's just kind of repeating this motif in various ways over and over. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of hard to forget it. I'm going to look that up before I leave it in the podcast and make sure I'm right. Also, I'm going yeah. to do this. Hold on just a second. Okay, so I'm going to go, oh, you mean impressionism? Okay, so I'll edit that in where you said, what are these guys, what do these guys do? And it'll, it'll sound like I knew what I was saying. Yeah, impressionism. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Impre- yeah. Thank, thanks for playing along. Yeah. Good. Sorry, it's, it's the pressure. It's the pressure. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. 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 
Dude, so this is a funny story. I um, I was like doing construction for some time before I got my teaching gig, and I was working. In, I got picked up by this owner. He had this factory. He was uh, this old shoe factory. He was remodeling, um, and I did not know very much about construction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to give you a little background about me, I my my father was in is a Green Beret, a second airborne. Um, my mother's an audiologist, but my, my father was deployed after nine 11, um, for two tours. And then after his second tour, he stayed active duty stateside. And so he wasn't home very much. So I think I missed out on a lot of like the manly mm-hmm. activities, um, as like, you know, as a young man, that's even a term anymore, but in, in high school, I think in high young, school yeah, I, think I missed young. out on a lot of those, you know, like 
building a whatever with your dad. Mm. What, what, do, what do high schoolers build with their dads? Uh, they work on cars with their dads. Yeah, sometimes. I never. Uh, yeah, I never worked on a car with my might, dad. I guess they build a deck, maybe something like that. Yeah, never built a deck. Yeah. I was gonna say tree fort, but I feel like that's like third grade. Yeah, yeah. and I never took shop because I was a band nerd, and oh, yeah. so it's either shop or band. And so, you know, there it is. But um, so I didn't know very much about construction. I bought the first hammer I could find at like Ace Hardware. And I can pick up stuff. So I, I picked up the first hammer I found at Ace Hardware and, you know, show up to the job. And I'm like, I can lift things. Mm. Uh, I'm young and it's fine. Um, I think I was like 22 at the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to say that I didn't know anything about construction at the time. Yeah. But um, no shame. So I, he's like, all right. Work. Yeah. He's like, all right, work with these two guys. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, hey, we're we're installing this uh, this kitchen, and they're like, we're gonna start with this concrete rock, which they call Dura Rock. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna install in this Dura Rock, and so they start installing it, you know, on the floor and the wall. But every time they cut it, they'd uh, they you know they cut it, and they're like, all right, we gotta step away. It's cancerous. <laughs> so they go, out, no, no. Dude, here it is. We got stuff away. It's cancerous. Like literally every single cut. Uh-huh. So like five minutes worth of work, they would go outside because it was cancerous and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> smoke cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, there's no hate there, you know? Like, right, right. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. You, so, you balance out your I, cancers, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, if it's, as long as it gives you a buzz, you know? Right, so, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go out and they and, and they're smoking a cigarette, you know, and and then they don't come back like the next day. And I, the owner's like, "Yeah, they uh, did it. Like they were really slow." And I had them install electrical work, and the inspector came in last night, and it was all wrong. And now mm-hmm. I have to redo like thousands of dollars oh. of like wiring. Yeah, so um, that's when I realized, like, oh, like they. Um, Said they like know about construction, knew how to like do all of that, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. And they just were like really kind the whole entire time. Apparently, they had been working with them for months, and this oh, is wow. just the build up to it. Oh, um, wow. yeah. yeah. So that long story inspired the beginning of Sweet Talker. Um, yeah, and um, the the whole concept behind that song, you know, is about just people who can kind of like swoon you over. Mm-hmm with malintentions or, you know, um, kind of like a con man, but the whole, exactly. Yeah. yeah con man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the overall vibe, I don't know if you caught this. It's like very, I, I tried to do like kind of like a Neo 50 swing kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, with the cross with cross shots in the chorus, yeah. but, um, it was just looking at the list like, of it. Um, I hope this don't take this the wrong way. But just the name of it, the title of it was so different. And after hearing these songs, you know, and the vibe of them, and I saw Sweet Talker came come up, and um, before it started playing, I was like, did I accidentally like put a Led Zepp, uh, I mean, a ZZ Top song in here or something? <laughs> because I was like expecting like exactly. some ZZ Top, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it wasn't ZZ Top, but it was it was a little different. That was good. Yeah. So the way I wrote it, you know, um, was actually, do you know M Ward? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
um, he inspired it. However, it, it did not, uh, did not entirely turn out <laughs> like yeah. M Ward at all. Right. Uh, I had actually recorded that in a, in a really nice studio. And those guys were used to like having really nice performers come in. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was a nice studio and they're used to having, you know, like high end performers who do, you know, top 50, like, you know, uh, very accessible styles. Yeah. And they did a great job. You know, it sounds great. Um, but that was like, you know, that's earlier on in my recording stage and I love that song. And I know a lot of people love the sound of it. It it honestly was not where I thought, like, it's not how I thought it would sound. You Mm -hmm. know, I thought it would sound more indie. Um, as you kind of said, it's almost like, you know, sticks out as a different sounding tune. Yeah, Yeah. Um, which I'm, you know, I'm saying this, I'm entirely happy with it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I wasn't saying in a bad way. Yeah. It was really like it. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. 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 It's good to like flex a different muscle once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, that's why I have that one, that one big bicep in that filter. That's right. That's that one muscle you flex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but anyways, going on with the songwriting, you know, it's like got this like neo fifties swing kind of vibe. Um, and I mean, is that totally wrong? Like that in my mind, that's what I was going for. Is that yeah, a thing? Was, yeah, yeah. Like, does it make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think so? Okay. I, yeah. I appreciate that support. No well, problem. Anyways, I, yeah. um, yeah. I, I support your um, opinion. It has like big Now, wait, BG. wait. Now I got to listen to it yeah. again. Hold on, hold on a second. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, I'm doubting my uh, agreement with you. Your, your doubt has uh, seeped into mine. Yeah, yeah, I think like a like a neo fifties, uh, um, and a little bit of um, I can't think of it, but uh, like Frankie Valley, uh, what's that the okay. band he was in? Uh, the like four guys harmonizing, uh, not the Beach Boys, but they were like from New Jersey in the sixties. Oh, um, uh, the Animal. Uh, uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons. Yeah, yeah. Is that sixties? Yeah, yeah. Sixties. It's like sixties, but it's yeah. like a holdover. It's like pre-Beatles sixties. Right, like yeah. early sixties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so exactly. So like pre-Beatles, which mm-hmm. is, might as well be like might as well be the fifties, eighteen hundred, <laughs> right, right, to twenty-six year old. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, it's basically a yeah, revolutionary so war like a, campfire song, is what you're what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right there with Sousa. But, right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I can see somebody marching. No, with so this. I was going with. I'll just say. <laughs> I'll just say I was going for a vintage sound. How's that sound? Right. right. So, like yeah, that. I was going. That for covers a all your, all the bases. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a musical impression? Can it be like uh, Nickelback? Yeah, sure. What's a famous song by them? Uh, uh, the only song I know by them is "Look at this photograph." Is this that, is like this I don't is know if that's the name of the song, but that's the first line, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you got yeah, cool. yeah, you, you nailed it. This is like the impression. You know, I'm at a party. It's getting late. We're all feeling great, and I just am don't have jokes happening. Okay. And I'm like, hey, you want to hear my Nickelback impression? All right. And then, all right, this could be really bad, but. Look at this photograph. Oh, 
every time I do, it makes me laugh. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I can't do it. I like that. I like that breathing in there. <laughs> it's all about that. Oh. All right. I want to thank True Ver for being on the show. That's part two. Don't forget to go back and listen to part one of True Ver. Listen out for his music. As I said, he's, he releases a single, I believe, around every month. I don't know if he's on a schedule, but it seems like it's about every month or so. You can find his music at truevere.bandcap.com or just search Truver, or even better, go to the show notes of this podcast and look for his music and social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to uh, hit that subscription button so you get it every week. It's a free podcast. It's also a non-profit podcast. That's why we don't have paid commercials. Uh, and that is just because um, I don't want to have to buy the addition of TurboTax that you need uh, if you have two jobs because I'm a cheapskate. For the closing song this week, we have a song from The Collect Pond. That's the stage name of the singer-songwriter Donnie Moffat. He produces and self-releases his own music. And uh, the Collect Pond is named after a geographical location in New York, New York. And you can find his music at thecollectpond.com. Good stuff. Here is the Collect Pond. Have a good week.
Yeah, that one's super fun. That was probably one of my favorites from the start, just because it's... How did you do that? I didn't do it! I witched it! That's how good the song is.